We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekunski coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota, and I have with me Reverend Tim Shakel, who is also again coming from Northfield. We're here in uh, my office together, and uh, we, when we you scared me, Tim. You scared me because we came to the the the, the, the sixth seal, and all of a sudden, all hell is broken loose. Literally, literally, yeah. Uh, and and you have this final judgment, although. He did leave us with a comforting thought that we're under the altar, that we have the white robes. I guess a reminder that we don't deserve to be under the altar, but we are by the grace of God. And I did, again, really appreciate your thought that we're under the altar because that's where the, the atonement is. That's where the blood, that's where the sacrifice and all that blood so it made us white and pure. But, but where are we going from here now, Tim? We're going to... Revelation 14, but I was just going to say a few things about that. That's, you know, those six, seven seals, but the six ones we, we covered. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the first question is so what happened to the seven seals? Well, the seven seals actually uh, in chapter eight. So you actually have uh, a break in between, which John, uh, you know, the apostle does uh, multiple times in his yeah, revelation, yeah. is he'll have six things and then, oh, wow, this, the seventh one's somewhere else. Uh, but after the seventh seal, is broken there's silence for half an hour and that actually is just an opening to the seven trumpets and another uh part uh, of uh the revelation and then from the seven trumpets you get uh to two witnesses and the woman and the dragon which we don't have time to talk about today but the woman is the church and the dragon is uh uh the devil and uh, uh he's been trying to attack her and uh, of course, God intervenes and sends his son. Um, but that brings us up to chapter 14, where we see, again, this contrast of good and evil. And the important thing to remember, John, is that good wins. Jesus is victorious. Uh, and in fact, oh, no, that's a nice little thing to run into. Uh, John loved the word nakao, uh, you know, where you get the word Nike from, victory. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, he... So, so Nike shoes are actually a revelation thing. I did not know that. Right. Oh, that's cool. Right. Uh, and <laughs> Victory, victory, okay. He uses it 28.5 of the 28 times that it... Uh, is that it right? ...appears in the New Testament. Is that right. right. Uh, but Jesus is victorious. That's the thing to remember. In the back and, of your mind. And, and I'll just would throw this out because we are jumping from six to fourteen, uh, and, and we ended up with this this very frightening thing of people hiding themselves and actually wanting rocks and mountains to fall on them because it was so terrifying. Uh, but but if you're actually reading through Revelation, you probably should note that in chapter seven, right away, we get a really beautiful image about the hundred and forty four thousand, which apparently also shows up in chapter fourteen. Correct. Uh, but for those of you who read Revelation, uh, I think it's interesting that John almost immediately says, look, I know this is frightening, but you got to understand this is a frightening world we live in. There are things that are very, very scary. But we, as you said, we have the victory in Jesus Christ, the one who conquers, uh, 
Paul, uh, John talks about all the time. All right, chapter 14 though, is where we want to go. And 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 uh, um, how much should I read or, or why are we going to chapter 14? What's that all about? So chapter 14, like you just said, parallels to chapter 7. Okay. It, it, it first introduces the righteous, uh, and then again, it contrasts it with the wicked, but also it starts to declare the judgment of, ah, against okay. the wicked and, and the devil and uh, all of the demons. Um, and so that's why it's kind of a nice uh, juxtapose to go from chapter 6 to 14 here. Um, but we're going to go to chapter 14, verses 1 to 5. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000. And again, if we'd been reading through, but we don't have the time to do every chapter and verse, we would have, this would be familiar images to us. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harvest playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne and before the living, four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. And I wasn't paying attention. To That's that where enough. we stopped. Right? Okay, good. I couldn't remember <laughs> if we needed to go further or not. So, so we have the same characters. Yeah, the lamb. Yep. Okay, and he was seen in chapters four and five, and even six. And, and, and you know that. So there's so much of this stuff that is hard, but but it's it's interesting. The Christ is always clear. Right. I don't think any no commentator ever argues who the lamb is. It, it's it's Jesus, right? right? The lamb of God. It takes away the sin of the world. And, and it is explicit uh, in Revelation. It, it, it names him. So. Oh, is that right? Okay, good. So no doubt there. No doubt whatsoever. And then we have the righteous guys, the 144,000. Yep. And in particular, it notes that uh, his name, that is Jesus's name, and his father's name is written on their foreheads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 144,000, that's just a multiple of 12. Uh, the Apostle John was all about these numbers and the yep. The nice thing is he was consistent with them. So 12 always <laughs> represents God's people, like the 12 tribes, you know, 12 apostles. Sure. Um, I guess I'll go through a few other numbers. Yeah, for go the ahead. Audience. So, yeah. so three and a half, that's a time of suffering and, okay. and uh, tribulation, which happens to be half of seven, by the way, the perfect seven. Oh, okay. Four is just represents the four corners of the earth or just earth or, you know, dwelling uh, on the earth. Uh, so it's a, a human number. Seven represents God. Three represents uh, God. Um, so, so just saying, so three represents God. Why does three and a half represent suffering? Is there any connection there, or just that's how it is? God and the Apostle John decided it. Is that okay, what I can ah. tell. But uh, th three and a half, you know, uh, you know, the half, the no. half of the seven, you know, it, you're, um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not seven. You know, okay. it's another way okay. of saying it's not no. seven. Yeah. And that it's and it uh, there's all variations of 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 that three and a half uh, like uh, 120 some days. Oh, is or, that right? You know, so that four. actually gets involved in multiplications too. Right. So okay. when, it, if, when it's 144,000, for instance, if you just wanted, it just intensifies it, right? Yeah. yeah. So it just means a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So there's a lot of righteous guys. 
144,000. Well, well, the thousand gets into that whole symbolism of the number 10 as well as right. being a number of completion. 10 right. Times 10 times 10. Times time, times yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. So that's all that is. So don't get hung up on the numbers. Okay. But uh, that the it, 12 uh, is, I mean, 144,000 is a variation of 12. And so just a note here about the name on their foreheads. All right. Okay. In the previous verse, uh, the uh, 666 was mentioned. Yep. All right. That's yep. the number, number number of the beast. And, and that's one short of seven. And uh, the uh, Revelation comments that it is the number of the beast. And that's all the wicked wear that. So they wear it on their, their hand or their forehead. The next verse, chapter 14, verse one, it's commented that the righteous ones have the name of God on their foreheads. All right. And do, do you know what the symbolism of 668 is? Do you know what that means? Six, 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 no, 666, six, but you know what, what 668 is? No, what's that, John? That's the number of the beast's next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the only revelation joke I have. That's why I, was I had to one. throw it in there. Yeah, go ahead. But you see the righteous ones here, okay? And uh, the, the, the voice is so loud. It's like the roar of many waters, like thunder. Um, and yet at the same time, it's like the sound of harpers playing on their harps. Right. What, what's that all about? Well, they're making music, John. Okay. Because they're, they're singing a song. I wish right. I wish they would have written the notes down, but they didn't. Uh -oh. <laughs> but uh, And this could be the same song that was sung in uh, chapters 4 and 5, uh, where there, there was a choir of angels and, and righteous people singing okay. there. But it could be a new song. But the key is only the righteous people know hmm. it. All, all right. right. And so what is the... Uh, the, the task or the job of all the believers, it's to worship God, just like it okay. was, has always been from the beginning in, in the Garden of Eden to now. That's what we were supposed to do is, is worship God, give him praise. Um, any other questions about that, John? Well, I, I just noticed there's this constant contrast between, uh, you know, the, those that are saved and, and, and like you said, because they've got the name of the Father, the name of Jesus. The other people are marked with the, the number of the beast. And I just think it's important to remember that, that the difference between them isn't that, oh, these are really good people and the other people are really bad people. Uh, the, the difference is faith. That's what it is. Like you said, it's not that they're doing a lot of good work. Of course, they do do good work, but that they're praising God because he's the one that's delivered them and saved them. Right. And um, in particular, verse five kind of gets at that where in their mouth, the lie was found for they are blameless. And the reason why they're blameless yeah. is they're wearing the blood of the lamb. They're wearing the garments that they that he gave them in chapter six, the white, you know, the white gowns that we were talking about, you know, the white robes. Um, so it's not their righteousness they wear. It's Jesus's righteousness. That's why they're blameless. But yes, they, they have faith. They have tr they trust in in uh, the Messiah. And, and I just because, you know, other other uh, people would take these stories and the contrast between the good and the evil. And in fact, I don't know how many times that's probably been preached and well. Uh, well, that's what the Pharisees would have done, wouldn't we? Well, where are the good people? And those are the sinners. Uh, and, and yet you got to understand in the economy of, of the Bible, no, we're, we're talking about the people who are forgiven here. Yeah. <laughs> They're not numbered amongst 144,000 because they were so much better. Uh, I mean, the tragedy is if the people marked with the beast is God would have had them be part of the 144,000. But they, they, what was that famous line? How often I would have gathered you as if you would not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, God wants no one to perish. You no, know, all to come to everlasting life. Uh, he He takes no pleasure in the suffering of the wicked. You know, other other Bible verses there. But uh, let's move to the next verses. Uh, verses six to thirteen, John. 
Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation. And, and, and so, by the way, Tim, I'm sorry, but that's kind of cool, isn't it? So we got this picture, but it's just what you got through to say. It's not that God wants those people to go to hell. No, no, this is what he wants to do, and it's to everybody. No one's being excluded. There may be a difference between those that have the name and those that have the mark of the beast, but certainly the angel isn't just addressing the people who have the name of Jesus on them. It's addressing to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Further, Tim, or how far? Uh, all the way to 13. Okay. Now, okay, I'm sorry. You got me thinking again, Tim. So wait a second. We just did the end of the world. Yeah. And now it's like we're back and God's trying to save people again. What's going on here? Right. Well, this is a kind of a nice little commentary on how you got there. You know? Okay. <laughs> so oh, okay. It's, it's, it's kind of like God's instructions for life, right? Yeah. So there's... The, this angel flying midair, which I always thought was interesting comments. You know, he's not way high, like it's was there yeah. higher air and lower air. But no. anyway, he's flying midair just to say that he's not on the ground, right? Yeah. But uh, but not so far up that we couldn't couldn't see, see him. him. Yeah. Um, and in particular, it's important that the gospel is proclaimed, right? Yeah. And fear God, give Him glory, because uh, God wants to save you. He wants you to be part of. Uh, his community, his uh, community of believers, and that and worship him. That's 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 the call to action. Um, and the the sad part of the story, you know, the tragedy, just yeah. as it was in uh, Genesis and all the Bible, is is the people who fall away and they refuse to repent, they refuse to to come back. Um, and uh, well, we'll read a little farther. Oh, okay, but I just want to make sure I've got this in my head because now this is how I'm picturing it. So we've had the the judgment. And now we're doing a flashback, like they do on some of the TV shows. Yeah. Now we're going back what happened before the judgment. Yeah. Is that right? That's okay. right. I'm going to start from the beginning. I'll read it down to verse, what did you say, 13? Yeah, 13. All right. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth to see and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, these worshipers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their deeds follow them. All right. So we had that eternal gospel that we had just yeah. discussed in yeah. those previous verses. And it's contrasted with, so notice that there's three angels, okay? okay. So the first angel is all about the gospel. The second angel is kind of a proclamation uh, or of, of judgment 
Fallen, yeah. fallen, Babylon the Great. Well, yeah. and what I think is interesting, it's like all these things that you've been putting your faith in, rather than God, they're all failing. Can't you see that? It has fallen. Okay, go ahead. And in particular, they're made to, they, they drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. That is Babylon's yeah. uh, immorality. Later in Revelation, she's depicted as the harlot. Uh, but so that's an allusion to that. But and juxtaposed, so you have the, the, the drink of wine that was intoxicating from, let's yeah. just say, the devil, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and God declares the, the, the drink of wine that is his cup of wrath. That's what he says yeah. in, the, in the following verses. And that and so he you have this contrast of of, of cups of wine, all right? Okay. And, and of course we all know that Jesus takes on our cup of wrath, right? Okay. Yeah. That's what's being described here. Take this cup away from me. Take this right. cup away from away from yeah. me, right? And then when he goes to the cross, he's bearing that cup. Yeah. That, that that cup of wrath, where where people will be tormented in fire and sulfur, the scripture says, in the presence of the holy agents and the presence of the Lamb. Smoke going going up forever and ever. So it's a terrible place to be, of course, right? Yeah. And Jesus takes that on, that cup, dies on the cross. That's what he's suffering in our behalf. All right. That's the first thing to point out. Then we have this nice commentary, nice gospel commentary. Uh, uh, or well, first a reminder to keep the commandments of God, keep their faith in Jesus. And then blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Uh, blessed indeed. Uh, it says the spirit that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them and their deeds follow them because uh, they have the blood of the lamb. Yep. They, they are declared righteous because Jesus took that cup of wrath. All right. So that you have the what will happen if you follow Jesus, if you have faith in Jesus, if you're saved by Jesus, that's the gospel part with the, that first angel. And then the consequence, if you don't, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, cup of wrath is awaiting all the wicked. And it, again, you have this contrast of the, the the evil, good and evil, contrast of the wicked and the righteous. And, and, and I, again, I, I like the fact there's a call for the endurance of the saints. Because when, when, we, when we write the story, that, that bad stuff just falls on the wicked and the evil. But apparently the saints are going to be suffering right along with the evil and the wicked here as we come to the conclusion and the end and, and the torment and what have you. But you're right, we got a promise. So you've got you've got God, you've got Jesus, you've got his word, and so just don't worry, don't worry, because you'll be blessed. There, there won't be a blessing for them. You may have the same sufferings as them, uh, but your conclusion, your ending will be different. And, your, and that endurance was a good thing to point out, John, because uh, just like last week, we... Uh, we're talking about the saints. They were yeah. they were waiting yep. underneath yep. the altar, yep. and yep. Uh, Revelation alludes to this over and over again that they're they're constantly having to um, wait through suffering. So yeah. they're waiting through suffering and tribulation. That three and a half number I was just uh, describing be be before, uh, and suffering because of the consequence of sin, suffering because the devil wants to get at us, and and those things. Well, and, and see, I'm, I'm going back to the way the Pharisees and the Jews thought. So if you were blind, right, if you were born blind, well, there, that's a punishment. You must be suffering uh, because of some sin. But but obviously the biblical picture is, no, everybody suffers. Everybody's got struggles. That doesn't tell you anything about your relationship to God. Uh, uh, so, yeah, if you're a saint, 
you're going to endure. Again, as we said last week, take up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. But but that's the thing. We have a cross to take up, and they don't. Right. You know, the other thing that tickles me here, too, it's not like they can say they weren't warned. Right. They, they can't yeah. say that they weren't warned because uh, God gave them every opportunity that uh, they could have. And they look around and they see all these things that they're putting their trust in. They're fallen, fallen, it says in Babylon. Well, yeah, all of these things are falling around them. Well, okay. All right. I, I, what else here, Tim? Um, well, then we move on to the last seven verses, verses okay. 14 to 20. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who had authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. And the wine press was trodden outside the city and a blood flowed from the wine press. Wow, as high as a horse's bridle for 1600 stadia. And the footnote says about 184 miles. Right. Wow. Right. Okay. So uh, we just had those Three angels, you know, contrast the gospel or the law and gospel, yep. so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, judgment uh, and mercy. And uh, here's the end results. And again, we have an altar again, John. We saw that oh, last week. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. so that calls to <coughs> the idea of worship, right? Okay. And the devil wants himself to be worshiped and uh, everybody to fall away from the true worship of the real creator of Jesus. Uh, but, um, of course, God calls for our own worship of him um, and, uh, you know, to follow him and to uh, he take heed to the gospel. And here's a har harvesting uh, that uh, is the end result, of course, is an allusion to, you know, when Jesus says, you know, the wheat and chaff will be, uh, you know, separated. Yeah. Um, and so we have a farming picture here, right? He's got a sickle uh, and uh, he uh, collects all the righteous people. Um, and then comes another, uh, collection, but it, instead of wheat, it's uh, imagery of, of wine. We have that, that imagery again, and, um, quite the gruesome picture of, uh, all the, the wicked people being trampled by horses, uh, and their blood kind of coming up <laughs> Very graphic, for, for, yeah. for hundreds of miles. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's quite the gruesome picture, but again, alluding to the verses we just read with, you know, the cup that, uh, uh, Jesus took and he spared us from and uh, and the, and the horse the, the wine press the horses uh, de delivering out the the wrath there and the righteous ones being saved because uh, they uh, believed in the lamb and and you know Tim I, I really appreciate your constant reference to the cup here and the drinking of the wrath of God because then you go back and think about Jesus, and you can understand how profound that was what he suffered when he died on the cross. You know, take this cup away from me, but not my will, thy will be done. Because apparently that really was a very, very, very powerful cup of wrath and described so graphically in this text. But yeah, that reminder that 
that's why we're under the altar. That's why we're singing the songs of praise. That's why we're giving glory. That's why our robes are right, because we're not drinking this wrath, and God never wanted anyone to drink it, except for his own son, Jesus. Any quick comment here as we wrap up this episode? And, and Tim, we'll be back again. We're going to continue this. Um, but any final comment? No, that that is it, John. Uh, so where next, you know? You don't, do you? Yeah. I don't know yet. All right. It'll be a surprise. But we'll be doing more <laughs> from the book of Revelation. And Tim, again, I really appreciate you taking out of your busy schedule to be with us. Uh, and this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.